Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. My guest today is the founder of The Cradle Company, a pregnancy and postpartum resource center, as well as the National Association of Birth Workers of Color, Brandy Jordan. Brandy, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. So for the listeners, Brandy and I just reconnected. I used to be her son's preschool teacher before I moved to New York to become a full-time performer. And it was actually a rather unfortunate situation that brought us together, which we are going to get into a little bit of today. But um, before we start talking about that, I really want you to go into detail, Brandy, what it is that you do and how you found yourself being passionate about this industry and creating these companies. Uh, It's such an interesting question because I feel like I really literally I know people say they fell into things but I really truly did fall into this um I when I was 19 was you know in that period where you're in college you're trying to figure out what you're trying to do you're not really sure and I happened to be back home in Houston where I'm originally from for the summer and the equivalent I guess NPR or something like that had this show about like this old timey career called midwifery. And I was just like, what is this? What's going on? So I literally cold called a birth center in Houston and was like, I heard about this thing and I want to know what it's about. And for whatever crazy reason, they allowed a 19 year old to come and like learn and shadow. And back then, like there wasn't words around, like we know doula, like everyone knows what a doula is now, but back then what, Actually, they were called monotrees back then and not doulas. And so I did this training with them. I was 19, but also I was like, who in the heck is going to hire a 19-year-old to like help them with their baby? <laughs> and so I kind of put it in the back of my head a bit, um, but I loved it. Like I was assisting a midwife, learning a lot of things. Um, I ended up moving to California um, and I moved across the street from the Hollywood Birth Center by, you know, accident slash chance. And that was there where they were like, oh, you should become a doula. And I was like, okay, well, that's what it's called. And so I really was like, you know, I was getting my bachelor's degree at that time um, at Cal State. Um, and I, on the side, was just like helping people with their babies. And at some point I was working like 30, 40 hours a week. And my mom was like, I think you should charge people. It sounds mm. like this is, a, this is a business. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you know, just having fun, hanging out with people and their babies. Um, and so I started charging people for this service uh, and really just kind of turned into a business quite quickly. People saw that I had a knack for like helping babies sleep and helping parents feel comfortable. Um, and then I just started having more clients than I could personally deal with. Um, and so I kind of moved to more of the agency model where I started like vetting people and helping other people get amazing postpartum care in their homes or birth doulas, et cetera. Um, and then I had a couple of situations like in this period of time where I had all these moms who wanted to breastfeed and they were going to a local place in town. And literally in this like eight month period, like five of them came home crying and gave up breastfeeding. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this place? Yeah. At this point I didn't have children of my own. Um, and so I convinced this mom of twins to go to this place to, you know, it was beyond my scope of practice. Like I wasn't a lactation consultant at that time. I went with her and in the first five minutes, the lactation consultant told her like she had no milk, her baby's breastfed horribly. Like (laughs) it was so mean and like abrupt that I can't 
jumping in being like, okay, so like, what's the plan or what can we do? Or what yeah. can we, you know? And at one point she asked the mom, like, so what are you supplementing with? Cause these twins were born at like four and a half pounds. And so they were pretty tiny. And she told her like, they, I think they were having like carnation good start at the time. And she's like, you know, Nestle killed 6 million babies in Africa is what she told this mom during the consult. And I was like, what in the, so basically that happened and she paid $400 for it. And then she went in the car and we sat there and she cried for 40 minutes and never breastfed them again. And so I just said, you know, I'm going to create something one day where people can come, they get like really great empathic, like we want you to breastfeed. If you don't want to breastfeed, we want that for you too, kind yeah. of advice. Yeah. And yeah. so the cradle company was born. Like from that moment, literally it was like six years and I opened up shop and like became a one-stop shop. And that's what we've been doing since 2008 is just providing people with evidence-based resources, um, really family-centered care and just, you know, helping people make the decision that's right for their family. And that's that is do. beautiful. That's a beautiful story. And I, I've i heard a lot of horror stories of, <laughs> from other moms because now that I'm a new mom, you know, I'm a part of a lot of mom groups. And it's really shocking to me the audacity that, that some people have when they're speaking to new mothers that know nothing, you know, and you're looking for support, you're looking for guidance, and they almost make you feel less than, like you are supposed to know this, or they get, mm-hmm. there's this, a level of shame if you aren't able to breastfeed, or you just don't know how to breastfeed. Breastfeed is not, breastfeeding is not easy. <laughs> it is not, you know? Maybe you don't want to breastfeed, and that's that the thing too, too. we have yeah. to acknowledge. Like, absolutely. Right. It's, it's a, it's a personal thing. It's a personal journey. So I think the company that you created, it it sounds like you really focus obviously on the mom and the situation and just comfort and letting them know that no matter what they're doing the right thing, that's good for them and their baby. And I think that's beautiful. I was going to say the other thing is that we different types of families. I think that so many places do really focus on mom's care. And we, we serve lots of people. We have a lot of families where there's not a mom in the picture or they're, you know, not called mom. And I feel like people from our marketing, from the things that we talk about, like we take a hard stance on like a lot of social issues that many people in my industry would not touch um, because we want every person to know they're welcome. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means having hard conversations and being really, unequivocal about what we believe on certain topics and that obviously could turn some people off but I feel like it also has created a really cool space where we serve such a diverse clientele and I 100% will take the credit for that and that I know that we're putting out there that everyone's welcome. So as a female entrepreneur you already know that there's going to be difficulties and challenges but as a black female entrepreneur what are some of the challenges that you've personally faced with your company? Um, I think there's always this idea of like creating legitimacy for other people. Like I know I'm legit, but I think there's some people who feel like we should prove ourselves in ways that I don't personally think I need to, you know, prove myself. Um, like for our brick and mortar location, I would say on a like three to four time a week basis, I would have to like almost convince people that I was the owner. Mm. <laughs> like they'd be like, oh, so like who's, you know, can I speak to the owner? Oh, I'm the owner. You own this place by yourself. Yeah, you don't own it with your husband. You don't have a partner. It's like, who would ask these questions of a normal, like in any other situation, like would that be right. a line of questioning? Um, and so that happens a lot. I feel like a lot of, you know, female owned, black owned businesses, like we're not getting the kind of 
funds or loans. Like I did everything out of pocket to begin with. Like I wasn't getting any like, you know, investment or anything like that. Um, but I feel like it's not much of an issue for me, you know, these days, but I know that a lot of people starting out, particularly in the birth and baby field, it's very much for the longest period, been very much run by white women. Um, and so for some people, there's the idea that like, just because they look a certain way, they might actually know more or be better to hire. Um, and I definitely dealt with that probably the first 15 years of my career. Um, like I remember not having my picture on my site, my website mm. for probably the first 10 years of being in business because I knew that I probably needed to like get the interviews so that I can then show people who I am and have that opportunity. Um, and I don't think that's something that my counterparts had to deal with. And that's, I'm, that's a very interesting point to bring up because I don't think that people realize how much race in general plays a factor into all industries, specifically for black women. We have to do things like hide our identity so that we can get business. And that's so frustrating, but when you, people don't have to think about that, you know? So how has that, has that affected your work? Did you feel like um, held back in any way because you were having to make those kind of choices? Or did you just say, you know what, I'm going to push forward and I'm going to be successful in my company no matter what? Yeah, I think a turning point for me was, I mean, as you, I mean, as you start to work, you get smarter, you get more, um, like I got more confident and I was like not willing to put up with this as much BS. And so for me, because I kind of like, just like, you know what, I'm going to create my own thing no matter what, that I feel like I kind of created my own like revenue and I wasn't dependent on some of these other forces to like get me business because I kind of did just forge out on my own space. I know so many people don't have that privilege because a lot of those people are the ones who are giving them jobs. Yeah. And so they don't have a lot of room to be controversial. And so in that way, I would say that I'm kind of privileged in that. Like from the beginning, I was kind of like, you know what, Brandon, you're going to be on your Island, just figure it out and like do your thing because no one's here to save you. Right. Um, and so while it was hard, I feel like now I'm in this space where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to have like, not just my picture, but like the biggest Afro I can possibly have of myself on the website and everything that I do. And so I think for me in the past five years, I've gotten so much more apologetic about it, which in turn has been like a blessing. And so that I'm working with people that I really want to work with that really value what we offer. Um, and so it isn't as much of an issue in that way for me now, but I would have to say that like, you know, I wasn't getting the referrals, even though I had the skill set, if not more than a lot of people. Um, it was something that I kind of just had to go out and be the payment myself and prove my worth. And then that created, you know, the referrals from clients and et cetera, et cetera. But that's over like 20 years of work, you know. Um, I can't imagine what that would look like if I showed up like three years ago. Yeah. So I know you mentioned that like the birth and, and um, you know, uh, how did you describe it? Birth and baby field? Is that, is that what we're calling it? Yeah. 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 Okay. So birth, mm -hmm. it's predominantly a white industry. Um, why do you think that is? People associate like good moms and dads with like the quintessential American family. And they're like a white couple in the suburbs of 2.5 kids. And so they're not thinking about Brandy from Houston <laughs> when they think about like, or they're thinking of like Mary Poppins and this British like, you know, nanny that's coming in to fix everything. And so when they think about parenting experts or baby experts, they just, a lot of people just don't imagine as it's hard to be what you don't see. Mm -hmm. And when there's so many people who are exalted as experts and they don't look like you know, brown and black people, I think, you know, people have a lot of unbiased stereotypes they don't even know they have. And so mm -hmm. I think that's why. 
Um, and so we tend, even people who look like me tend to support some of those people because we've been all taught that like, that is good and that's what's better. Um, and so there's a pool. Do you think that there's any kind of shift happening though? Because I know for me in my own personal story, when I, cause I just had a daughter last year, I definitely sought out a black female OBGYN years ago. I wanted to have a black person help me with postpartum care because I mean, you read all the statistics, you see the black female mortality rate. So do you think that there is a shift kind of happening in more black females wanting to have jobs like you or even seeking out black female doulas in as far as comfort and support? 1000%. When I, I started in the city of Los Angeles, I knew one other black doula in mm. 2001. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's like, there wasn't a thing. So not only was it an industry that was new, like there just literally was no one that looked like me when I started. Um, and so there wasn't even a context, like even my teachers or whatever, like they didn't even know that they should be saying anything about it. Cause we weren't having those conversations in 2001. Um, so there has been a shift. Like, I can't tell you how many messages I get from, you know, aspiring, you know, doulas or new ones like, Oh, I'm so thankful. Like I heard you here or I saw you post about this, like I'm excited to get into the field. Sadly, the shift is happening because so many black women are dying in childbirth. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is a catalyst for so many people to be like, hey, what would it look like if I was being served by 100% of people who really honored me, my culture, where I'm from? Like, what would that look like? Would that mean that I don't die in childbirth? And so I think as a matter of survival, a lot of you know, women of color are looking for these services. But I also think that, you know, because of people like me and many other, you know, black and brown jewels who've come up in these past five, 10 years, that there is something like people can actually see like a path forward. Like, oh yeah, you can actually do this and be successful and have clientele. Um, and I just don't think there was, the, there was not the model 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to look back at the unfortunate situation that brought us, <laughs> reconnected us. Um, and there was a very popular sleep consultant and one that I had used. She befriended me, uh, you know, she followed me on social media. We followed each other and it was revealed um, that she was a Trump supporter. And, you know, it was alarming to a lot of people that followed her, um, not just, you know, BIPOC women, but you know, liberal women, I would say. And because I think the dynamic that was presented on, on this specific person's um, sites and her Instagrams and Facebook, it seemed the opposite of what she was secretly supporting. Right. My question to you is, you know, she clearly is still going to have a lot of support. And, and we know that like that's nothing's really going to change for her, to be honest. But when people say things like, you know, the sleep industry or the baby in birthing field is not political, doesn't matter who she voted for, you know, this has nothing to do with baby sleep. What do you say in response to that? Um, I actually don't think it matters, which is what people would fail to understand. What matters to me is that you don't use black and brown bodies to boost your business while supporting those things. Um, and that's the issue. Like, I don't care if you want to be a Trump supporter, you want to wear his hat and like cover your baby in it, like good for you. I applaud you on your, you know, constitutional right. The issue with this particular person is that she used her space to appear as though she was very, um, you know, multicultural thinking, lots of black babies all over her site. There were many posts about being anti-racist, about mm -hmm. uh, Black Lives Matter movement. So the average person seeing that would think, hey, this woman's an ally to me. Like yeah. she cares about these issues, she cares about my baby. So to be doing that while meanwhile, 
36 times donating to Donald Trump and 18 times in 2020 would obviously be a different thing because you're actually using your actual dollars to vote against me and my family or friends of my family. Um, you know, I have like some of my gay friends and clients who were literally afraid that their kids might be taken from them and their, you know, adoptions be annulled because of the way the country was going and some of those, the legislation. And so if you are actually supporting into that and paying into that, but yet on the front of that, showing this very like diverse, welcoming, um, that was the issue. Like, I think that, you know, a lot of her supporters or the people, my hate mail from this event were just like, you're trying to keep her from talking and yada, yada. It's like, no, I want her to talk. Like, I want her to say that she loves Donald Trump on her page that I and other people can choose where to spend our dollars. Right. Um, Right. And that is the only issue. Like, I don't care who people, I do care who people vote for because I think it's a human rights issue and not a political issue, but that's for obviously another conversation. However, I'm 100% for people expressing their constitutional right of freedom of speech. I'm just saying, um, you know, be at, in this case, she loves capitalism more than she loves her constitutional right of freedom of speech, clearly. Um, because she knew clearly that if she mentioned how much she was a MAGA supporter or supported Trump, then all those like, you know, people allowing her to post pictures of their baby um, and getting like, you know, influencers such as yourself to support mm-hmm. her yeah. would not have happened. Um, and so that was more of the issue. And so, you know, there was this idea, like I got some crazy that I was trying to take her business down so I could boost my sleep business. And no, <laughs> it's like, first of all, I wasn't the one who busted her to be first of all about it. Um, obviously I have a lot of people who follow me. And so it was one of the ways that it's sp- like, it spread quickly once I posted it on my page. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, like I said to them before, you know, her sleep course is $69. My sleep <laughs> services range from 495 to 3,200. So to be honest, like we are not serving the same client, her business going down, which it won't does not inflate my business at all. My clients don't even know that she exists. So it's kind of, you know, it's negligible, but at the same time, I would still do it again because anytime I see someone who's operating just in a place of falsehood, basically, I think it should be called out. I want to know where I'm spending my money. I know a lot of other moms do too. And that was just the crux of it. So, you know, it validated for me. Um, cause the other thing that a lot of people said was just like, oh, just cause she voted for Trump doesn't mean that she's a racist, um, was a lot of the messages that we got on our pages um, and you know what, maybe that's true, but at least you're comfortable with racism. If you voted for him is yeah. what I would have to say to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and that's, that's you know, the and that's main the thing. issue. <laughs> and, that's the main and in 2021, you got to be unequivocal about your stance on anti-racism. Either you are anti-racist or actively working towards being anti-racist or you're a racist, plain and simple. And that's where I'm at in 2021. I don't have time at this point to coddle people through, you know, the stages of figuring out their life. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I love that you said like in the last few years, you've become very just apologetic about how you present yourself and speaking out on social issues. So why do you think it is so important for platforms like yours to speak out on those types of issues? Because I have the ability to do so. You know, like I said, like, I'm not, I'm not looking for people like, you know, you know, that person or other people to give me business. Mm -hmm. Like I built my own business 
you know, I'm doing okay. I'm in a space that a lot of these newer doulas don't have the space to do that because they are working underneath, you know, an agency owner who might be supporting Trump. And so there is a, you know, just basic necessity to live factor for many people that don't necessarily have the voice that I have. So I feel like because I'm shielded in that way, it kind of adds a little bit of responsibility um, that I do speak out when things like this happen. And this is not the first time. It won't be the last. Um, and it's just who I am. And so, you know, you know, my background in social work and so at heart, I'm a social worker. And so it's my job to kind of when when there are humanitarian things going on that aren't right, I'm going to say something. Mm -hmm. Um you know, so I think it's the responsibility for the people who are in a position to do so. So what would you like to see from kind of like lead companies and lead influencers within your industry in terms of race relations and equality over the next couple of years? I mean, what I want to see is truth in marketing. You know, if you believe something, support that. You know, like don't have the smoke and mirrors and like, you know, this all came forward because she put up this, you know, Martin Luther King post about yada, baby. yada. And someone posted, <laughs> yeah. And someone posted like, how is this in line with your donations to Donald Trump? And so this is how it's all blew up. And so I guess truth in marketing is one and realizing that, you know, it's, it's a new era. It's a new dawn. Like people are not playing the okie doke. So if you believe something, you better stick on that same side because it's going to come out and people are going to have to say what they want to say. So that's one for these brands and the ones who actually have the power to push dollars and to push people to influencer status. Um, I think that they need to be not so much focused on the way that it looks now. There's a lot of talented people um, of different races, ethnicities, religions that have the talent, have the know-how who aren't being given that platform that some people are being given without actually having the, go the goods to actually do what they're doing. But simply because they have, you know, what we consider to be the look um, of that industry that they get you know, pulled, you know, to the top. And so me and one of my friends, we did like a little, uh, just to play around with it, like the top sleep people. Um, I want to say that when we pulled up like a top 15, I think 12 of them all had blonde hair, uh, oh. which maybe all sleep people have blonde hair, but that hasn't been my experience, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so clearly, it's something in that mixture of what, you know, they believe is a thing that sells. And so the brands, et cetera, are getting behind them. And so I would just say for the brands who, you know, black and brown people are, we have some of the largest spending power in yeah. the United States. Um, and so if you really want to have our business and to use that spending power, that they're going to have to start showing that they're actually real allies and they can't just be smoke and mirrors and a couple of Facebook posts. We need to see it with your dollars. We need to see it with who you're supporting in elections. You know, when you're silent, when things happen, yeah. it's also something that we want to be considering because it can't just be that you're pushed and pushed. And finally you say, Oh, we believe black lives matter you know, come out there and say it and, and do it in a way that actually you believe in that and not so much because you felt like you've been pushed to do it. Right. And I think that that's also one of the things that bothered me so much about this specific sleep consultant was that she was very vocal when the George Floyd situation happened. She had a whole post on anti-racism. So it's very easy to think, yes, you're in my corner. You get it. You have my back. Mm -hmm. But it's because it's what worked for marketing for her in that 
instance. It wasn't authentic. So I completely agree. Truth in marketing is a huge thing, just in general, not even just for your industry, for industries in general, like they all need to, because it's so easy for people to post a black square and then not do anything after the situation happened. Mm -hmm. So you're 100% correct in that. But it's also extremely harmful. Like how hurtful is that? Like there's nothing worse than feeling like someone believes in you and you are for me and realize like, how did I miss this? Like, yeah. how did I not see this person like totally using me? And that's what's so hard. Like I had moms being like, oh, someone got it for me for my baby shower. I just bought that for my sister. Like I didn't know. And that's just a horrible feeling, you know, to feel like you're supported and then someone kind of just pulls a rug from underneath you. That's what's so harmful about it. And so I'm just for people like, just show who you are and let us all decide if we want to do business with you. Like no one's keeping you from saying what you want to say. Just be upfront about it is, you know, kind of what I'm hoping will change. You know, she has a million followers. Not much is going to change for her. Like you said, Um, this is not about like her business is not going to fail. She's going to be fine. Um, But I'm hoping that it is a warning Mm -hmm. for a lot of other people and brands who've been using these techniques to make more money without actually caring about our bodies. So don't use our pain as a way to sell your products is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. So for you, what has been the most rewarding thing about what you do? I have basically made a family for myself, like the connections, you know, I came to LA when I was 20, 21. Um, and you know, my family's all in Texas and I, 20 years later have like this incredible network of just like, I would say clients, but a lot of them feel like family and friends to me now. Like we, I just created this whole world for myself where I'm just so connected in the fabric of people's family life and kind of in those intimate moments that they had at the beginning of their life with their kids that for them, they say are things that they don't forget. And so just to have that kind of effect um, and uh, the privilege that people allowed me into their space during that time, like I'm just so thankful for how long lasting that is. Like I have plenty of my babies that are now in college. Um, and so that's That's quite remarkable in itself. Um, but just thinking about that, like all the like lives that have been touched to me is just so special. So what do you want people to understand or know about doulas that just have no idea what they do or what a doula is? (laughs) (laughs) Um, all of us aren't hippies. Some are. I think people have this idea that like the doula's coming in and she's lighting candles and doing seances and like that's maybe hilarious. there are some doulas that do that. But that's what people think. Like, you know, you're coming and you're wearing fairy clothes and like right. <laughs> you're lighting candles. And maybe you're doing that if that's the kind of service that you provide. But I think that people don't normally see the, the extra work that goes into it. Like you know, we are advocates, you know, I always say in postpartum, we're the first responders in, first, mm-hmm. in postpartum, like we're with the birds, we're seeing the breakdowns, we mm-hmm. are helping with nursing, we're helping with, you know, the, oh shit, we have a baby now, yeah. Um, yeah. what do we do, like how do we care of this person, <laughs> um, and so I just want people to know that much more, um, there's so much more that we do than just a assisting people in labor. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that the doulas are really focused on having people have natural births. Mm-hmm. Again, there are people who do provide a service like that. Um, but most doulas, you know, I can speak for myself, like we do so much more and mm-hmm. have um, much less uh, 
philosophy that people need to be birthing naturally. I don't care how people birth. I care that people are informed and able to make educated decisions based on real information that serves the parents and not just facilities in which they're birthing. Well, Brandy, I love what you're doing. I love the the companies and the communities that you've created. And please let my listeners know where they can follow you. And if they want to use your services, how they can reach out to you. Yeah, so they, I mean, all of my pages are public. So if you look at Brandy Jordan on Facebook, that's me. Um, my company is a cradle company. We are on Facebook at the cradle company on Instagram at the cradle company. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Brandy Jordan official. Um, and if they want to reach out to us for services, you can hit us on our website. You can message us on our social media and help will be on the way. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to reconnect with you and chat with you. And to the listeners, make sure you subscribe to We Need to Talk and we'll talk again next week. Bye.